Hoje eu preciso te encontrar de qualquer jeito Nem que seja só pra te levar pra casa Depois de um dia normal Hold on, you're getting all, all uh, weird sounding. All weird sounding. And your voice is kind of frozen. Is it the internet connection, or do I need better headphones? No, it's the internet. Um, I, I think you sound good. Oh, okay, you're clearing up. I think. Oh, good. I think we're good. <laughs> hey, man. How are you? You don't have a beard, huh? No, uh, do the beard during the winter and then uh, shave it off come spring. And it's spring here in Utah now, so it's off. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so how you been? You... Oh, man, things are good. Things are super good. How are you? Um, good. I'm so busy. <laughs> it's... So you're working, you're working in Vegas and you're doing... You're doing. You're building models for mapping, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Web applications and and maps and uh, databases and forms and yeah, I'm I'm still faking it. <laughs> I haven't made it yet. <laughs> faking <Yeah>. it. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Yeah, it's it's good. Um, that's the only reason why we're here. <laughs> Everything else in Vegas is really hard. <laughs> I spent hours and days at the DMV the other week. It was oh, that's awful. Bad news. So how are you doing? Have you? I uh, I actually sold a summer in Vegas. Oh, I haven't been here in the summer yet. Oh yeah, it's intense, man. Oh, holy cow! <laughs> I remember. I remember one time it was so 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 hot, and like it was almost like in Brazil where you'd stop sweating, you know, and you'd just be dry. Mm -hmm. And I was walking in to go knock on this door, and it was like this U-shaped house where you walk into like this area to like knock on the door. You've got like the house on the one side and the garage on the other, and it's like this entryway to get to the door. And it must have just been like the way that the sun was shining in there or whatever, but it was like a hundred million degrees in that little alcove. And so I'm going to knock on the door, and I go into like shock, like, and my body just stops moving, and my brain's like. Uh oh, this is a problem. <laughs> so I end up just like literally walking backwards because I can't seem to turn around for some reason. <laughs> and I get back out of like that alcove and I like lay on their lawn for a little while until like my head kind of clears up and then I just went to the next door. <laughs> <laughs> That's miserable. So um, yeah, it was pretty bad. So what we're gonna do? Oh yeah. Um, before we get into it, have you listened to the, any of the other episodes? Everyone, I've loved them. <laughs> Any uh, any comments or thoughts so far? No, I've just I've just thought they've been fun. Like it's a lot of the guys you've you've interviewed so far were a little bit older than me in the mission, so it was kind of fun to hear like you know about the change from uh, Tuga Schwantner and like everybody's thoughts. Because when I came in, Schwantner was there, right? Like we were his first grupo that came oh, okay. in. So yeah, um, but. No, I mean the format is of. I mean the format of the interviews has been straightforward. Like I prepped, so I'm ready. Like I got the info okay, here. Okay, good. <laughs> so let's go back to uh, what. What was your end date? What time? What day did you get back home? So July sixth, two thousand six. Oh. No, it was July fourth, fifth. Somewhere right in there, on there. Okay. 
Yeah. So it came from summer right to summer. Yep. <laughs> and uh, let's walk through, what has it been, nine years now for you? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's been nine you years. You got home crazy. in 2006, do a Reader's Digest update of the um, the nine years, I Last guess. Nine yeah, years. year by year. So 2006. Okay. Um, 2006, I got home, got released. Anybody that knew me in the mission knew that I had, like, this girl that I was, like, super into that, like, was waiting for me when I got home. Yeah. So everybody should know that I got home. She was there at the airport. Uh, she came to my farewell, I mean my homecoming actually, and uh, we went and talked and she told me she was kind of like dating somebody else, and I was like, okay, so I'm like trying not to be a jerk, so I'm like, well, if that's the case, like, we can just see how this plays out, like, I don't know really what you want to do, and that made her mad, she thought that I should like fight for her or something, and I just wasn't aggressive enough or something, anyway, she ended up dumping me and uh, marrying this other guy, and uh, let's see, I finished out, like, so I ended up just working during the summer for my dad back in uh, Salmon, Idaho. Got in this car wreck. I got super sick. I don't know if it was like the white pills they gave us before we came home or what, but I got friggin' sick. And uh, yeah, then fall came around finally and I went back to BYU, Idaho. Okay. So 2007, Okay. I uh, finished up my semester at BYU, Idaho. Went and sold alarms in Vegas mm-hmm. for the summer. It was super fun. Really enjoyed that. Um, went back to school in the fall. Uh, just dated around a little bit. Nothing too spectacular besides just doing summer sales that year. 2008, um, finished up my guess, sophomore year at uh, BYU-Idaho. I went and did an internship at Idaho National Lab. What are we studying? Oh, yeah. So we're studying I, – initially I was thinking that I wanted to do like engineering, like computer engineering perhaps or computer science. But I ended up taking like this neuropsychology class that just sucked me in. So I decided to change my major and uh, decided that neuroscience slash psychology was the path for me. Okay. So studying psychology with more of like a biology focus in neuroscience. Um, so yeah, I went to, did an internship at INL, uh, mostly to just try and get my hands into some research. What's that? That's in Idaho Falls. Okay. I don't know what yeah, so I'm like, is. Come on. Yeah, Idaho National Lab in Idaho Falls. So I'm still like in Rexburg. And I'm commuting back and forth to Idaho Falls. Okay. Um, and then I'm, I met a girl, and like we started dating pretty seriously during the summer. And then fall rolls around, and we got engaged. And then we got married in December of 2008. So when did uh, you meet her? Summer? I met her, yeah, like in the summer. So it was a, whirl, like while I was doing a the whirlwind, whirlwind, huh? Whirlwind, yeah. So... That brings us to 2009, which was the dark year. Okay. Uh, so the girl that I married... I think we're going to have Sorensen on sometime, too. Yeah, Sorensen and I share a, a historic past here. So the girl I married ended up not being who I thought she was. And uh, I don't know. I don't want to like go too into detail on this thing. However, but, whatever uh, you want to say is fine. Yeah, it's just kind of a really scary, violent, traumatic year. We went and... Uh, Sold alarms in uh, D.C. that year. Okay. What part? Um, so we were living in, in uh, is it Richmond? No, we weren't living in, yeah, maybe that's where it was. No, 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 no. Rockville. In Virginia? Yeah, and we were living in Rockville in the town center. Okay. 
and we just sold all around that area. So we didn't actually sell in D.C. because there was like some sort of special yeah, don't do it. licensing that they had to do that Apex was obviously wasn't going to pay for. Sure. So, um, so yeah, during that summer, <laughs> things got kind of bad, and her mom came out, and I told her that I was done, I was leaving, and then her parents convinced me to try and work it out. So that brought us to oh, and I graduated from BYU Idaho also that year, and so did my wife at the time. So come fall, I was starting a master's program at BYU in neuroscience slash psychology. Mm-hmm. So after the summer was finished, we went back. Well, we went to Provo. I started my first semester of my master's there. In 2008. This is in, this is in 2009. This is fall of 2009? Fall of 2009, okay. yep. So then Christmas 2009 is rolling around, and I decided that I didn't want to be married to this girl anymore. So we went to uh, California, and I uh, left her there at her parents, and I flew away and filed for divorce. And uh, that ends 2009. So 2010 (laughs) 2010 starts, and I'm starting my second semester of my master's program. And uh, got the divorce finalized as fast as I could. It was a huge mess and a big fight, but it finally was finished, and I was done. Which was nice, and uh, oh <laughs> school is going really good. Uh, the divorce and the marriage all were really expensive, <laughs> so I had like student loans at this point, and uh, didn't really ever want to get married again. Yeah, and uh, at that during that semester, I actually met my wife. Um, so when I filed for divorce and stuff, and we were getting divorced, like I moved out of the place that we had been renting. And moved into like this shared house, um, and my roommates were super cool. They took good care of me, but I kind of just like <laughs> didn't really care about school or anything that much. I was shooting a lot, like going out and doing stuff, having fun. And um, I met my wife at that point because my roommate had a big crush on her, uh, and so he started bringing her out to like um, hang out with us. So we met, but we didn't ever like date or anything. And then in the summer. I left and did a, this is summer 2010, I flew out to, uh, actually I drove out to Baltimore and did an internship at Johns Hopkins, uh, the NIH, the National Institutes of Health has a neuroimaging department there in Johns Hopkins, so I went there and did a, an internship, and while I was there I realized, because the, the vision at this point in as far as like career and job and like school was that I was going to go on and get a PhD in neuroscience and really focus on uh, a new field that's called neuroeconomics. So it's kind of studying like from a neuroscience perspective, like what causes people to make decisions or what causes them to change more from like a, you know, building better products and making better advertisements, that type of thing. Um, While I was at Johns Hopkins and I was doing the research there, I realized I didn't like research as much as I thought I did. Um, And BYU was kind of teaching me that same thing. I really liked doing research at BYU-Idaho because it was more like of an entrepreneurial style. Like, BYU-Idaho doesn't have a real research focus. So while I was there doing my undergrad, like, my professors, like, let me build basically this lab, and we just experimented and did fun stuff. Okay. But at these other places, like, it was more of a traditional research style. It was more regimented, and there was more red tape and more bureaucracy than I liked. So I decided that research was not the path for me anymore. Um, so it was kind of a hard summer that way, just as far as like 
just got divorced and started dating a girl that was super cool, but I was like not in a real serious relationship mood. And then I was deciding that I didn't like research anymore and I was having to like change my career paths. And then my car got stolen. Actually, it's kind of a funny story. Um, I had my car stolen in Vegas a couple of years before, um, the same car, and they stole it and they like sanded a lot of the paint off and stuff. And then they just brought it back and left it where they had stolen it from. So I got my car back. But then when I took it to Baltimore, they got they got stolen again, and then they totaled it. So I ended up uh, selling the car to, like, a junk car dealer and finished my internship there in Baltimore. I flew to Las Vegas and bought a car the same day and then drove to Sacramento to finish up the last half of my, well, the last quarter of my internship. So I had to go from coast to coast. Anyways, come fall, I went back to BYU to finish up my master's You're degree. You're making me tired. This is, <laughs> yeah, this is fall. This is fall 2010. So fall 2010, I come back, um, and I actually start. Uh, I meet my wife again. Well, at this time, of course, we weren't married, but I met uh, Molina, who I'm now married to, and we started dating at that point, and things started getting serious. So that's end of 2010. Oh, gosh. At, at some point <laughs> so, in 2010, I think it was. That I remember me and Sorensen were at your house for some reason. Your apartment. Yeah. Was that was that the big like the big mansion house on Ninth East? I, like by the creamery? I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea where we were yeah. or why we were there. I, I remember getting a bunch of your pictures on my hard drive. <laughs> what month was it? Oh okay, yes, yeah, so that was in the I do remember this. Okay, so that was in the you fall. A, I'd already gotten you had back. a wall projector. Yeah, I had the wall projector. Melina and I had just barely kind of started dating. And I remember the big poop on the wall, like the picture of poop that I was like trying to get past yeah, real quick, right. but popped up there. Yep. Yeah. So I give you all my pictures. That was that same, that was the, that same summer okay. after I bought the new car. Okay. And yeah, so that was fall 2010. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Melina and I started dating that semester. Uh, come January of 2012 or 11 now. Yeah. Um, we were getting pretty serious and her family didn't like that I was divorced <laughs> and they didn't really like me just in general. So that caused kind of some drama. <laughs> we got engaged and, uh, um, I didn't really feel like comfortable, like moving forward with her family, not being cool with it, you know, and where was your, obviously uh, she wanted where to... was your first wife from? She's from Southern California, Pasadena. Yep. And then Molina is from Chihuahua. She's from the colonies down in Mexico. Yep. So, in fact, I think she's, uh, her sister's married to your cousin. So Grant Riggs Mm -hmm. is married to Molina's sister. Yeah, I saw her at the family reunion. (laughs) Ta-da! Small world. (laughs) Yeah, whenever I I go hang out with their sister and I see Grant, I bring you up and we have like an awkward two-minute conversation about you. (laughs) So, just your thought about, I want you to know that. Grant's Grant's like uh, six years or eight years older than me, so we didn't have much in common growing up. He was in a different group of cousins. Right. <laughs> I'm in the younger group. Well, you're still thought of and loved okay. by okay. all. <laughs> all right. Love you, Grant. So, yeah. Ta-da! <laughs> yeah, so let's see. That's uh, This is first semester of 2011, so we got engaged um, at that point. But yeah, her family wasn't super on board. We're supposed to get married that fall. So 
in 2011, then we, one of my buddies started up an insulation business and they were selling like attic insulation door to door. So I recruited a team of guys and, um, we went to North Dakota and sold, uh, insulation that summer. And Melina actually came out with me during that summer and we got our own little apartment out there. She helped me manage the office and stuff. And that was actually kind of weird, but also amazing at the same time because we weren't married, but we were out there together doing this thing. And really allowed us to kind of figure out, you know, how we work together as a couple. I'm really glad we so did you that. you wanted to take it slow the second time around? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was a little bit more uh, gun-shy the second time okay. around, for sure. Um, but we were supposed to get married that fall. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, yeah, there was still, like, hesitancy on, on everyone's part because her family didn't seem like they were super on board with the idea. So we ended up um, pushing the wedding back like the wedding date back a couple of times and then uh when we got back in the fall um it just didn't seem like like things were moving really well so we ended up breaking up at that point um and breaking off the engagement breaking up and um so this brings us to january 2012 so at this point we're we're pretty much broken up um but we still kind of maintained contact a little bit i finished my semester at uh byu I was supposed to have been completed with my program at that point, but my dissertation was taken forever. So I uh, hadn't graduated from BYU yet, still working on the master's. Summer 2012, I went to um, Minneapolis to sell insulation again. I recruited another team of sales guys, brought some of my old guys back again, what, sold insulation again that what, summer. Uh, suburb? Uh, we lived in Egan, so south. Okay. South yeah, my uh, yeah. my brother in law lives in Apple Valley. Oh, there you go. Yeah, we actually sold insulation in that in that area. Yeah, yeah. Nice. so we actually had a really pretty successful summer there. Uh, um, it actually ended up being kind of hard because I, it was like my best friend from high school that had started the business, and then there was a lot of tension because it was like a startup, and I didn't feel like he was treating us right, and he felt like I was being a jerk, and so it actually kind of a screw ended up screwing up our friendship a little bit. But um, pretty successful summer as far as sales go. Yeah. During the summer, um, I really started feeling like like I wanted to be back in a relationship with Melina. So I invited her to my family reunion just kind of out of the blue. <laughs> I flew from Minneapolis to Idaho to like do a family reunion camp out, and I invited her to come, and she said yes. And so we actually kind of rekindled our relationship there, and uh, I went back to Minneapolis and finished out the summer. And then... Uh, we got engaged again and uh, ended up getting married that fall. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Woohoo! And it's been amazing. Good. Like, best best thing ever. Like, happiest life I could imagine. Yeah, I kind of lost so. touch with you after 2010, after I moved away from Provo, because I moved in the fall of 2010 and then never looked back. <laughs> yeah, and and it doesn't. I'm not very good at like maintaining contact with people. I'm like, yeah, when I see Chad again, we'll just pick right up where we left off. <laughs> yeah, that's how I fear I about most people. I mean, I yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I'm still the same person after ten years, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just like we'll, we'll pick up again whenever we see each other. Um, so yeah, we got married uh, in 2012. 2013, I finished my master's program finally, um, got the degree, just obviously decided against going for the PhD um, because <laughs> uh, it wasn't what I wanted to do anymore. 
right after Melina and I got married, I got a job at a company called Domo. It's a technology slash business intelligence company, um, which I'm super good fit. I wanted to do tech. I've always been interested in tech, and doing the master's degree and wanting to go that direction kind of helped me focus on like actually working with data and statistics and that kind of thing. So I've really actually enjoyed the job. It's been super fun, and I've been there ever since. Um, so let's see. 2013, was working at Domo, finished up my master's at the first half of the year. Um, during the summer, we were obviously here in Provo. We ended up getting pregnant uh, about a year into our marriage. And um, we had our first kid about seven months ago. So that brings us to 2014, which was mostly like going on a baby vacation, having a baby, working. And, uh, yeah, so that was 2013, 14, kind of lumped together there and being married slash starting a family slash enjoying life. Things have been wonderful. Good. So Where are you living? So we're still in Provo. Yeah, we're still in Provo. Um, we have been renting ever since we got married, but we're actually looking to buy a house very, very soon. So we're in the market, going to buy very soon, which kind of is sad for us. We didn't really want to be living in U- in like Utah Valley, but we're here. We like it. We've got a good job. So we'll take advantage of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great. So that brings us to the That's day. awesome, man. Simple, just a simple nine years. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah, it's good. I'm glad you came prepared because when I ask some people what they did the last 10 years, they have no idea or skip over huge events. <laughs> like they're Literally on my screen right now is is like the highlights of each year. Like, oh, good. You know, three steps. So you really did come prepared. Yeah, I, I had to think it through. Like I wouldn't have been able to do that just on the fly. Okay. You're not like Mauer. <laughs> yeah, I don't have like that amazing recall capability. Cool. So let's go back then to 2004. Um, yeah. and who you show up in the MTC, who's in your district? Actually, we got to, we got to go back like even one week before the mission. Cause this is kind of a funny story. I was kind of excited to tell this story. So I got my mission call and, uh, probably the week before I was to fly out, I got super sick. So I got like this crazy, like sinus infection that then moved to my ears and I was supposed to fly out that week. And, uh, so that we went to a doctor there in Salmon, Idaho, and he just like gave me the hardest drugs he could give me, basically. And uh, we f- drove out to Salt Lake for me to fly out. Literally, while we were driving from um, Idaho Falls to Salt Lake, my eardrum exploded. Um, it actually blew up while we were in the car, and stuff shot out of my ear <laughs> against the window of the car. <laughs> And, uh, and I was, I was drugged up, man. I was super drugged up. My family was like kind of freaking out. Cause I'm like flying to Brazil today. My eardrum just blew up. Right. And so I'm like, no, I'm good. No problem. So Salt Lake and I fly at this point, you know, to, you know, uh, security in airports had already changed. So my parents couldn't walk me to the terminal. They just have to, had to leave me at security. So I'm like walking off with the burst eardrum. And there's no other missionaries there. I get to the terminal. I'm the only one there. So I end up flying from Salt Lake to Atlanta on my own. And then I'm in Atlanta for like three or four hours before anybody else shows up. Um, 
And then other missionaries started showing up and stuff, and then we flew to, to Sao Paulo. But then all through um, the MTC experience, at least for the first half and through most of it, I was still getting over that infection, like getting over that sickness. And it was funny because I didn't realize, I didn't, didn't know that much about narcotics, but the doctor had sent me with a huge bottle of Oxycontin. <laughs> and I had I had taken it with me. Like I was in friggin' Sao Paulo in the MTC with this huge bottle of Oxycontin. And uh, Galbraith ended up identifying it for me and telling me what it was and asking me if I wanted to sell it. So um, that, was, that was kind of a funny moment. <laughs> but it actually turned out, actually turned out kind of good. I didn't really... <laughs> no. Or just on the well, street. Well, he was just joking. Oh, got it. He wasn't just joking. Yeah, he was talking about the street value. <laughs> um, but actually, it turned out kind of helpful because I don't know, but I didn't use it all. I didn't use hardly any of it. And about halfway into our mission, into my mission, I think I was in Kaiko, and some lady had this nasty tooth infection, and she was like freaking out. So I gave her like a big handful of oxycontin. That probably wasn't smart you, to give her all. You carried of them these narcotics her, throughout your mission in your luggage. Throughout my whole mission. In fact, yeah, I actually came home with some still in the bottle. That's a- yeah, because I was like, if if I ever like break my toe or if something bad happens, like I want to have one of these on hand, you know. Yeah. So. so go back. Who's yeah, in your so district I- then? Yeah. So back 2004. Who's <laughs> in my district? So we had. I was a pretty big district. We had Ogwen was my companion. Yeah. And then in my room, we had um, Jones, or he ended up being Elder Hene in the mission, and uh, Croshaw. And then we had a couple of Brazilians that ended up in our room. So we had uh, Gregorio and Valledos in our room. And then also in my district, we had Galbraith and Hadfield. And we had Lundin and... Then we had sisters, we had Bascom, and, and, um, oh shoot, I just forgot Bascom's companion's name. That's going to come back to bite me, I'm sure. I can picture her face in my mind, but I can't remember her name. I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody else. So everyone in your district came to the mission pretty much then. Yeah, so everybody in our district did come to the mission. Yeah, in my district, it was just me and Park. (laughs) In fact, there were guys outside of our district that came to our mission right that's what so. I, that's what i had i had other guys outside the district but just in my district it was just me and park yeah and then everyone else went their separate ways so um anything remarkable in the mtc or is it a pretty standard experience really standard experience i remember hating thursday nights thursday nights were the pizza night and it was just ridiculous like i couldn't eat it you know so I remember, like, I'd stock up on rolls or I'd stock up on stuff on P-Day so I could have something to eat on Thursday nights because it was just awful. I don't remember that at all. Oh, <laughs> maybe, maybe it's changed since in the year that we were separated. And then uh, Elder Jones, or Hene, he actually ended up uh, becoming quite the uh, salon expert. So he, he would have us, me and him and Croshaw would go and we'd combine sugar and honey and, like, ex- exfoliate our faces and like exfoliate like the rest of our bodies to feel all smooth. It was actually really nice. Uh, never really experienced that since, but it was something memorable. <laughs> yeah. Exfoliation with uh, honey and yeah, sugar. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 It was <laughs> okay. great. So shout out to other Hene on, on exfoliation. That was great. Yeah. And then uh, I remember somebody in our district didn't believe that blue darts were possible. So I showed them that it was, and then that ended up being like a hobby from then on out. <laughs> yep. And what else was fun? So standard experience is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, standard experience. Yeah, it's normal MTC stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. 
So, okay, so two months in the MTC, and you're ready to get out there. How was it showing up to the mission yep. with uh, Geishwantner? Because I don't know what that's like, and you're the first person to say what that's like. Well, it was interesting, because when we were in the MTC, we had some return missionary come and talk to us. And I don't think that he had served in Juanpaso. I think he'd served somewhere else in the Nordesh. Like, he'd served in, I don't know, somewhere else up yeah. there. And then when he came and he talked to us, he acted like the mission was full of apostasy. That, like, you know, that, like, all sorts of bad things were happening. He, like, warned us about it, you know? So, like, our district was, like, kind of on edge as we got there, you know, with what this guy had said. Uh, but we were excited because we heard that, you know, the mission was baptizing a ton. So... When we all got to uh, the mission office, you had Watts, who was one of the uh, APs, and I think Jelly Veda was the other AP at the time when we showed up. So Watts, uh, you know, so they give us all the standard introductions and stuff, and then Watts sits us down to go through the first training, and he shows the street contact, you know, where you're, like, straight up asking people if they want to be baptized like Jesus on the street, you know? And uh, and so, like, everybody is like, was like, Here's the apostasy that we heard about, you know, everybody's like all on edge and like it was kind of nerve wracking. But uh we knew that Gushwantner was new. And then it was also funny because like as soon as I got to my first area, you know, everybody was telling me, Shafin, too bad you came now, you're never gonna baptize anybody ever. <laughs> Gushwantner is here now. Nuka mice will you baptize? <laughs> I was like, oh, no, what's going on? So, yeah, there was like it seemed like the mission was kind of in turmoil when we got there a little bit. <laughs> um, where'd you go? So I went to um, I went to Natal, and Elder Cesar was my trainer. Where, what mission or what zone or what, um, what area? Nova Natal, I think. It, Irma Elizabeth, where does she live? <laughs> I don't know. There's a, there's a Santa was... Rain, and there's a Poten G, and there's a... Park it is doing us. I think it was Santa That rings a bell. I'm pretty sure that's where it <laughs> was. On, you got to come prepared with names of where your first area was. Well, I freaking looked it up, and it says Kaiko. I went from uh, Juan Pessoa to Natal, but I didn't say what area. <laughs> Why not? I don't know. Okay, it's not written in here. I'm pretty sure it was Santa Ring. That sound, that rings with a bell. Cesar? With Cesar. Yep. And then in our house, we also had uh, initially. Get out of here. <laughs> Jeez, I don't know. This is ten, this is a decade ago, man. I don't know what you want from me. I came prepared. So yeah, I was I was Cesar's. Uh, he was my trainer, and then in our house we had Gregorio and Pieties. Okay. Uh, initially, you know. and and <clears throat> Cesar was cool. I mean, Cesar. I don't think that um, he liked having a, a new American. You know, I think that he felt like I was slowing him down. But he was cool. He's nice to me, yeah. and. Uh, the most memorable thing that happened in that area was, uh, I think, I don't know where Dacuna was at in the mission, but he would come and, like, hang out at our house a lot. And he thought it was hilarious to torment me. So, like, he'd, like, pinch me and make fun of me and stuff. And I didn't know what the heck he was saying. I didn't speak Portuguese yet. And so I remember one time he, like, pinched me. He was probably the and, AP because uh, it wasn't the AP after. No, 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 no. He was the AP, but he wasn't when we got okay. there. It was, it was Gialiveta. Yeah. Anyways, one one night he like was teasing me and like he pinched me or something, and I like lost it and I like, <laughs> I like grabbed him and like body slammed him and like got in his face and like Cesar was freaking out. Everybody was like freaking out. Like Shafi, no, 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 you can't do that. You can't do that. Uh, I was just frustrated. I didn't know what anyone was saying and they were being mean. 
But yeah, and then I was like, also, you know, a brand new American there, not knowing what's going on. Like, um, <laughs> I, you know, there, like Cesar was 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 baptizing people that I didn't even, I didn't know who they were, I didn't know if we taught them, and they're, you know, um, so I remember that being like really traumatic for me. Like, are these people like prepared? Like, and there was still like that worry of like apostasy in the back of my mind, you know. So it was kind of a traumatic traumatic beginning. There weren't any Americans in my house. Watts ended up coming to uh, our house a few times, though, because uh, there ended up being some problems. Uh, <laughs> one of the guys in the house ended up kissing a girl, and they had to be, like, emergency transferred. And then, like, some guys were... Um, <laughs> some guys started, like... We started playing soccer on Wednesdays with... Um, investigators i just thought that was normal or something it was um, normal at one time <laughs> yeah it was normal so anyways some members showed up and they wanted to play soccer and the uh missionaries ended up getting a fight with them and yelling at them and stuff so they called president and president drove up with watts and <laughs> they burned them all and transferred some more people and so watts was there a lot that actually ended up helping me out he was he was good to me yeah so that was my first area so did you just have how many transfers or how many companions did you stay there for? Just one, Cesar. And, and after that, I went to Kaiko. Kaiko was your second area? Yep. Did pick it? Yep. So I was there for your second area? Yep. That was my second area, second that, comp. I didn't know that you were that new. Yeah, six weeks in, man. Huh. Did you know Portuguese? <laughs> I mean, as well as you know, it's six weeks, I, I guess. I guess I never went and walked or with, with you. You seemed like you knew Portuguese. <laughs> Pickett Pick acted like my Portuguese was really good, but Pickett was always just super nice. So I don't know if he was being real or not. Yeah, any thoughts of uh, Pickett's one of my favorite people. <laughs> Pickett, Pickett is definitely one of my favorite people. Oh, my gosh. That guy was amazing. You know, I killed him. So that was my second transfer, and that was his last. You know, he was going home. Yeah. And you, you wouldn't have known it, man. He never brought it up. He never talked about it. He just worked hard every day. Super good to me. Like, taught me everything that he could. Like, yeah, that was a great transfer. Yeah. I love Pickett. I, I yeah. think I was a different missionary after living with Pickett than before living with Pickett. <laughs> Maybe that was because that was my first being a zone leader, and Pickett was my zone leader. We weren't companions, but we were co-zone leaders. And so it was. I learned, I learned yeah, a lot from him. I remember him. He's that. a great guy. Anyway, any other thoughts from Keiko? Yeah, that was a fun time. I mean, when you and I remember you and Pickett going to uh, zone leader training, yeah. and me and Lopes uh, um, walking around trying to, <laughs> try to do anything. And Lopes has like a cowboy uh, hat on, and he's yeah. brand new missionary, and you're a brand new oh missionary. Gosh, it was so it was so funny. I remember Pick, like we we were teaching this guy. This guy was like I don't know, early thirties. <laughs> And Pickett was like, dude, just, just commit him to be baptized while we're gone. I'm like, okay, no problem. So we go over there and like we teach the whatever lesson it was to, to invite him to be baptized. And I like, I murdered it. Like I was just like, so we would like now to invite you to come to the church and be baptized. And he's like, uh, no. Like, <laughs> straight up. Lopes, Lopes like tries to salvage it, you know. He tries to like do the server do senor, and he tries to do something else, you know. But it's like super awkward in the room now, and like <laughs> no salvaging that. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, 
And the other fun thing, I remember, um, you know, we had the Dantas family. I loved the Dantas family. And I remember going out with Pickett to Paino's farm, you know, and, and hoeing out there and working on the farm and stuff. And then uh, teaching them and getting them baptized. That was super cool. Did you go by moto taxi? Yeah, we did. Um, Pickett, of course, obeyed every rule. So he, like, called the mission office and uh, got special permission mission for us to take moto taxis out there and uh yeah we run out there on moto taxi and worked on the farm and stuff and then Paino took us seriously and you know he had to stop smoking and stuff and but yeah i think jainata was already baptized at that point we ended up baptizing that family yeah, i think hayata and jainata were already baptized yeah i think so yeah that was fun i, yes. I interviewed them for their baptism that was that was fun <laughs> yeah? yeah yeah they're powerful i Unfortunately, they're not active anymore. I keep in contact with them a little bit. Um, I think the only one that's active still is the youngest. Um, Jody. 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 Yep. Yeah, I'm so. on Facebook and Instagram friends and see all their party pictures. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun time. Yeah, Hayata it was a good time. named her son Hickson. Oh, yeah? <laughs> there you go. So Hickson's in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah. I, I remember. I, I what was that tech- birthday party or something at the church? There was like this huge party, and um, I don't know. We, you had your digital camera and you took a bunch of pictures of it. I don't know if it was a church party or if it was a birthday party for Pickett, or maybe there's a birthday party for Pickett at someone's house when it was a huge event. I- I thought it was I thought it was one of the Dantas family's members' birthdays, but they had also just gotten baptized, so it ended up kind of getting wrapped into okay. like baptism slash birthday party. I do remember that. Oh, but the biggest farewell I've ever seen on the mission was Pickett's going home at the bus station in Kaiko. At the Hodaviaria, man. Yeah, seriously. It was packed. The whole ward came out and and Pickett was going home and everyone it was like a, it was, it was great. It was great. Yeah, it actually, like, that ended up being, like, like, this sweet spot. Like, I mean, it ended up being, like, where I always wanted to go back to. So, at the end of my mission, that ended up being the last area that I served in okay. as well. I went and asked Gershwan to let me go back, and he did. So, yeah, I always had a soft spot. I always think of Kaiko. Did the sisters um, live across the street from us? They did, yeah. We had Nauman and Wilson did we have, living across uh, the street when did we have the first the, time. Uh, water balloon fight, and when did we go trick or treating? Were you there? I don't think I was there for okay. those. You mentioned those earlier on a different episode, and I don't think I was there for yeah, those. Yeah, that happened. It was great. <laughs> no, no, no. I was there for the trick or treating. I was there for the trick or treating, but not the balloon you fight. Didn't, you didn't do the water balloon fight. I don't think okay. so. Were you there for the uh, fireworks in the street for the Fourth of July? No, you wouldn't have been there. I was I was uh, there for so long. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I got I got there like mid October, and I was there for two transfers. So I was there till like December, I think. Yeah. Actually, I have it written here. Let me look. <laughs> let me let me consult here. So I was there until actually until January. No, 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 no. That's wrong. Yeah, you weren't there for January. No, because, I was just there till Mauer came in the end for, of December. Mauer came in for December. Yep. So, uh, yeah, anything there. else for Pickett's area era, or should we move into uh, Birch? 
Um, no, yeah, we can move into Birch. Pickett was super awesome, though. Just can't say, you know, enough good things about it. I remember him. you coming back and telling a story about how you were teaching some teenage mother, as in she was like 17, and she oh. was a mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you dude. were teaching her, and she had her little infant there with a tank top. <laughs> And what happens everywhere is that baby's got it. That baby's got to eat. And there's this teenager. <laughs> she was like, she was like 15, yeah. dude. She was like 15, yeah. right? So we were, yeah, we were teaching her, and she was, you know, her kid was probably like one and a half too. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so she pops a boob out, starts feeding the kid, and then a, a plane flies by overhead. And evidently, I guess that doesn't happen very often in Kaiko. Cause she freaking drops her kid, <laughs> like like literally drops her kid, just drops it, and runs across the room in front of us with her boobs still hanging out, and runs into the street. <laughs> like this is like mid sentence. Like there wasn't like a normal pause in the conversation to allow for this type of an exit. <laughs> it was mid sentence during a lesson, and she like runs across the room with her boob hanging out, runs out into the street, and is looking is like literally standing out in the street looking for this plane with her boobs still hanging out. <laughs> And I remember sitting there, and I'm like, oh, man, this is crazy. I don't know what to do. <laughs> and I looked at Pickett, and I was like, uh, and he just sort of, like, he just sort of, like, shrugged his shoulders and shook his head. Awesome. Yeah, that I remember crazy. that story. <laughs> that actually reminds me of another story of my first area. It was, like, probably my second or third day in the mission. I was walking down the street with Cesar, and... They had some sewage-type stuff flowing down the side of the road, you know. And there was a baby sitting in it. And the baby was naked. And the mom was sitting close by in the dirt playing some card game with their friends. And the baby reached into the sewage, pulled out a piece of glass, like a fairly large piece of glass, and started to chew on it. (laughs) And it was like my second day of the mission. (laughs) I didn't know what to do. It was so crazy. Yeah. I was like, oh, no. What have I, like, What? where am I? What is going on? Yeah. It's funny how, like, at the first of the mission, all those remarkable stories happen, and you remember them all. By the end of the mission, it's just commonplace, and you, and you yep, don't even put it in your journal or don't even think about it twice. Don't even think about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew that I had been out in the mission a while when, um, when we – we were walking down the street, and this guy was selling agua de coco, you know, so we stopped and paid her 50 centavos or whatever, and he hacked open a, a, a friggin' coconut right in front of us. And as I'm, like, grabbing the coconut from him and going to drink it, this this bicycle drives by, and the guy's driving. There's a little kid in front of him, like, humping it, right? And then there's a wife on the back, like, side-saddling it and breastfeeding as they're going down the street. And I didn't even do a double take. Like, I just... <laughs> Like, I just saw it, you know, and I just, like, I started to, like, turn my head back, didn't even do a double take, and then I was like, oh, crap, this isn't weird anymore. <laughs> you know, I've been, I've been here too long now. Yeah. Awesome. Good times. So you're with Birch. How was that? Birch was good. I mean, he, he was, it was definitely a change from Pickett. You know, they have very different personalities, but I, I think Birch and I got along really well. Like, I liked working with Birch. Um. <laughs> I don't remember if it was with Pickett or with Birch. I think it was with Pickett. Um, I had never really like burned anybody before, but uh, and Pickett wasn't much of a burner. But I remember we were teaching Janaji. You remember Janaji? 
Yeah, so we were teaching her, and they thought the law of chastity was hilarious. So I, Pickett's like, burn him. He said it to me in English. <laughs> so we burned him, and we ended up baptizing Janaja. She was awesome. But I remember, um, <laughs> you know, that was a little bit more, at least initially, that was a little bit more Birch's style when he first got there. Yeah. It was a, definitely a transition for me. But uh, we ended up working together really well. Yeah, we actually had quite a few baptisms while we were there together. Yeah. That's when my baptism yeah. stopped for a while. <laughs> I got a new companion and, and had a, the biggest lack of baptisms on in my mission. <laughs> I don't remember if you remember who my companion was. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. That's why I brought up Janeji because uh, there was quite a relationship developing right. there. There was a relationship with everyone. <laughs> Streak. I remember. I remember us just being in the church, and he and he'd be there like. To, like just talking it up and you and I and Bert should just be there like shaking our heads man like are you seeing this yeah good times I remember yeah I think I remember with Bert I remember like we went to this lunch and uh, it was some sort of like bowl arteries like blood you know that we got fed to us for lunch and I was hungry and I'd eaten weird stuff already so I ate it and I got home, dude. I got sick. I got sick sick. I don't even know if you remember, but I remember, like, being so sick, I couldn't hardly stand up, so I thought, I'll go take a shower. But I couldn't, like, when I went in to take the shower, I just forgot, like, that there was a door. Like, I just left the door open. I was, like, like naked in the shower, like, puking everywhere. <laughs> just, like, in the water. I don't know if you remember that. I remember that very clearly, though. Yeah. That was funny. And then, um, I don't know if you remember- were there, but there was a, a Joan that lived clear past where Jainara lived, like in the other neighborhood past. Joan Maria. Joan Maria. And we were walking yep. there for, after a fast Sunday. And, and I don't know why we didn't drink before, but it, it was a super long walk, and I stopped sweating. <laughs> and I was like, there's heat stroke coming Danger sign. And then when we get there, we're just dying. And we drink, and all of a sudden it just starts pouring. <laughs> like just soaking wet. Pickett and I would literally do that. So we would, I don't know why we fasted without yeah, drinking. That but was yeah, dumb. We, that we, was the dumbest thing. Yeah, it was do. dumb. But I remember us getting dry and then we'd go to lunch and we would drink something and we would, we would hold our arms out like this and just count to see how long it'd take for the water to yeah. come out. Because it really didn't take that long. It was only it was like a few yeah. seconds and it'd start pouring out. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. All right. So are we done with Kaiko or any other things? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I could talk about Kaiko for a really long time. I, this is, this, I this love, is yours. Yeah, I freaking love Kaiko. I remember sleeping out on the balcony. Yep. I remember washing sheets and putting putting the sheets out to dry. And I went in the I went into the uh, I went into the uh, kitchen, got some water, and when I walked back out, like that's literally all I did. When I walked back out, the sheets were dry. Mm-hmm. It was it was the craziest thing I'd ever seen. I remember like being amazed by it. I remember sitting in front of the fans and like blowing the freaking water bottle like the crazy. Water trying bottle to, like, with the fans. <laughs> with the fan, man. <laughs> I remember trying so hard to cool yourself down. My room was so oh. hot. It was like 105 at night inside my room because my wall <laughs> would just retain all the heat from the day. <laughs> so I, every oh, night I would pull my mattress out and sleep on the balcony just by myself because my companion would yep. be in the room. And, and then my <laughs> companion, I shouldn't make fun. But we're not saying who my companion is, right? So it's safe. Right. So um, everyone would ask him, like, uh, why, are, why aren't you skinny? You don't eat anything for lunch. You know? He's like, oh, I don't have an appetite. And they're like, but you're not skinny. And he's like, I don't know why. 
And he's like, and then we get home, opens up his sock drawer. <laughs> so many cookies. <laughs> and he would just open up like three packages of cookies and just. <laughs> he's like, I don't like Brazilian food because I worked at McDonald's before my mission. I don't remember don't that remember. part. That's hilarious. I didn't know the McDonald's part. I remember the cookies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, that kid. That kid was funny. Oh, man. Those were good times. <laughs> All right. Well, we can move on to the next area okay. then. Um, but shout out to Bir- shout out to Birch. Loved Birch. That was so yeah, fun. Yeah, Birch is great. Yep. He just had a baby I saw on Facebook. Oh, so one crazy story with Birch. I remember we were teaching some chick. I think it was it might have been Neji. So not Jen Neji, but Neji. And um, I know all of your people she, that you teach because I wasn't having any success. <laughs> so Neji was so cool. I got actually just she actually just got on Facebook recently, and we became friends on Facebook. Yeah, we had a Facebook chat. It was fun. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, I love Neji. She was amazing, and um. She she worked at the fruit store for a while. We'd always go over there, and she'd like give us hookups on fruit. Anyways, when she wanted to get baptized, like she was living juntos, remember? And then um, she and her husband got in a fight. She wanted to get baptized. She wanted to get married, and he's like, no. So he peaced out. And uh, you interviewed her. She got married. I mean, she got baptized. Okay. Um, I interviewed everybody. <laughs> that was that's, yeah. You that interviewed was my everybody. only thing that I did in Keiko. <laughs> <laughs> so. So, anyways, we went back to visit her after she got baptized, and evidently her husband showed up after she got baptized and, like, attacked her with a knife and, like, tried to kill her. Yeah, and she, like, obviously lived through it, but I remember being, like, amazed by that and just, like, terrified for her, you know? So, I I just cared about her. I wanted her to be all right, but I remember that was crazy. And then, yeah, that was one of the things I remember about with Birch. So anyways, from there, I got transferred to Campina Garangi. And that was, actually, that was at the end of December. So I was only there till the end of December, 1220. was when I got transferred to Campina Garangi, and I got put with uh, Elder Johnson. So, <laughs> Johnson. Johnson was fun. Um, we got along really well. I remember, I remember, um, <laughs> in fact, I should pull out my journal and read it. It's too funny. But it was like, Johnson and I were just sort of, like, floating along, like, doing our thing, you know, being missionaries, and, like, this random stuff had happened to us, so it was, like, in the matter of one week, like, we actually, like, we got, we got fed wine, like, I'm sure it was wine, like, at lunch, right, and we just drank it, and, like, we ended up watching, like, some movies that weren't approved, and, like, we ended up, like, like, taking a whole day off that wasn't PD to go do something else, like, all this stuff happened, and as I looked back on the week, I was, like, man, we were super disobedient this week. <laughs> but, like, we hadn't meant to. You know, we thought we were doing good, like we were doing good work. So then, like, we got all crunchy, and we're like, okay, this is going to be, like, obedience week or whatever, you know? But, uh, no, with Johnson, it was just fun. It was, like, every day was a joke. We are just, like, walking around, having a good time. We didn't have that much success. When I first got there, um, he had baptized this girl, Carla, and she was, like, solid. Like, she actually had gone to college, like, was intelligent like i would not be surprised if she's like the really society president there and that was a super solid baptism that we had right when i got there and then we had like another couple of baptisms while we were while i was there with him but uh i remember like 
I remember we, we, it felt like we worked hard. And, you know, and Christmas was was kind of a downtime anyways. You know, it was hard to get people yeah, to go to church or listen time. to us and stuff. Summer, summer yeah. break. Um, are you friends yeah. with Johnson on Facebook? I don't think I am. Is he on Facebook? I couldn't find him. If you can track him down and share some info, I tried to track him down and I can't find him anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I, I looked him up on Facebook probably a year or two ago because I was thinking about him and I, I never found him as well. But I haven't looked for a while. Yeah, he was my junior early on. He was my second junior. So we, we, okay. were, we were having fun in P. Dunas. Yeah, I got along with I got along with Johnson super well. It was, it was a good time. And um, so he got transferred out, and other Tabatis came in, and we worked together at that point. Tabatis was <laughs> Tabatis was hilarious. So it was like I don't know how to describe it. Besides, like it was always like some sort of escalation with him, like to make it a joke or to like make things hilarious or to like make things just crazy. And he would always, like, just steal my stuff and eat it or take it. <laughs> like, just do random stuff. But, like, we worked super hard. And we actually had really good success. Tavadis was a solid missionary. Like, we ended up baptizing a ton of people there. Yeah, he was a worker. Uh, well, yeah, he was. And it's interesting because as I look at the names, like, <clears throat> a lot of the people that we baptized are still solid. Cool. Like, even though I was nervous about them at the time, like, some of these guys have gone on missions and come back, and I still keep in touch with them. Um so yeah, we actually had super good success while we were there um, together. Um, and at the time, I think um, we we lived in a house just by ourselves. But the uh, the zone leaders were pretty close by; like we could walk to their house. Okay. Um, and I think it was Posey and and Gialiveta at the time. So we ended up going over there quite a bit and hanging out with them. Um, but yeah, I just remember with with Tavadis, I just remember working super hard like finally figuring out like Portuguese, you know, feeling like comfortable with it pretty solid and like understanding like the humor, which is, I felt like a little bit different with him than like with Brazilians, you know? So I felt like at that point it was just like this really like this actual transition into being like a real missionary. Like that's kind of what I would say that that, that time was super grateful for Tafadis. And we actually still keep in contact on Facebook and he always wants me to, to make him pancakes. That was like what I left impressed on him. I guess was my ability to make pancakes. <laughs> he loved them, but I do remember he and I like got super poor. Like our Mazada got screwed up like twice or three times in a row or something. We didn't. We had no money, no food, no nothing. So we ended up like scraping together like literally a little bit of like flour and a little bit of leftover pasta and like some ketchup or something. Yeah. Like and then we just like cooked it all and just like put it together. And it was disgusting. <laughs> we were, st- but we were starving, so we ate it. But yeah, that was good times. And he would like, and he just pushed things through, man. I mean, he'd get people baptized. If people didn't show up for the baptism, like he'd just make it happen. You know, he'd do the prayer and the song and everything. You know, he was just hardcore. Get it done. I liked that. Taught me a lot. Cool. Hey, it's been fifty-five. We're gonna take a break. I'm gonna save this okay. audio file. Make sure it's there. And then I'll call it, then okay. I'll call you right back. All right, sounds good.
convidado, mas você me conhece, eu faço tudo errado. Tudo bem, muita gente se 